And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glovers Cast, the only podcast dedicated to the team that are now 10 points clear at the top of National League South. Record-breaking, once again, attendance at Hewish Park. But first, we've got to introduce today's co-hosts, Mr. Ben Barrett. Merry Christmas, Ben. How are you doing? Merry Christmas, Ian. I'm, I'm wonderful. How are you, my good man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing after all the festivities? Fine. On recording day, I only a matter of hours ago cooked a huge Christmas dinner for the family. So I'm I'm a little bit tired. I did an entire beef and I did a chicken as well on the same day at the same time. Good wow. though. Very good though. Ben's got lots of ovens there to be doing that kind of that kind of meal. And a not horrendous sense of timings either to get it all hot at the same time. Also here, the traveller. He's been everywhere. Oh, he's doing a lap of the UK at the moment to make sure he watches Yeovil in just about every county. David Coates, how are you doing? Where are you right now? Good evening. I'm sat in the parish of Higher Oldcombe, and uh, you might be able to hear, I can see a, a star glowing from the church spire. Um, there are bells playing, but with my ears and a headset own on, I'm never going to hear them. But you might be able to hear them in the background. So, yes, this is uh, this is this is where I am, and I have justified my journeys to myself. But when when I say it out loud, it just sounds stupid. So, um, yeah, mentally, I've justified this level of travel to myself. But there we go. The things we do. Eh? I haven't got I haven't got major beef like Ben though. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. he's got major beef. Major beef. Yeah. Before we get stuck into Boxing Day and the joy that was Taunton Town, Dave, you were at Eastbourne Borough. Give us a, a snapshot. Did you visit any shopping centres beforehand? Uh, what was your experience of Eastbourne like? There were no shopping centres to be had in Eastbourne, certainly none that I saw. There was a big Asda. I went in the big Asda um, briefly. It was just like how any big? other Asda. How, um, how, 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 how big? I'm going to say it was like Yeovil size, which would be familiar to me. It was about that kind of size of an Asda, I would say. So, yeah, pretty big, pretty big. But, did you get um, a meal deal? I did get a meal deal, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, let's, um, let's let's run it back. Okay. So, I had a um, I had a tuna and sweet corn sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was which, which was all right. I mean, to be honest with you, I'd arrived out one ish i think so it's late, late by your standard. gonna say there wasn't a, yeah exactly yeah yeah 1 p.m there was, was nothing but tuna and sweet corn at one o'clock there was egg i don't like egg there was Three cheese days and before on, christmas yeah cheese and cheese and onion there wasn't there wasn't anything in the in there was no festive selection there no nothing at all so i had, I had tuna and sweet corn i had a pork pie which i didn't realize you could have as a um as a snack on a um on a meal deal and I had a bottle of coke zero Big fan of a Coke Zero. 
So still got it. Still got it. Yeah, yeah. Still it's lasted it. a week. He's not that big of a fan. <laughs> He's kind of kind of lost his fizz now. Yeah, I've had it for over a week, and I've I've only drank like two thirds of it. But no, that is a new bottle of Coke Zero, purchased from White Post Garage, uh, West Coca Road, Yeovil. Um, other outlets are available. Advertising opportunities are available. <laughs> yeah, um, but we never even got onto what I thought of Eastbourne because uh, you, you you threw me with the out town shopping centre question. But um, it was cold. Um, it was a very plastic pitch. The pitch was literally like one solid chunk of plastic. Um, so th- I think they're definitely going to need to upgrade that. Um, but it's a quite a nice, hospitable little ground, nice little bar outside. You know. We could talk about the goal, can't we? Because that's something we've all seen. But everything else was very much a get the job done. Get the three points and get out. That's that's exactly what we did at Eastbourne. Um, and that was that was enough. But the goal. Go on, Ben. You've got thoughts on the goal, haven't you? Well, I, I, I have a question about the goal. Because what I haven't seen is the context that leads up to the set piece. It leads up to the free kick or the stoppage in play. Because the, the HP source highlights just show yeah. the ball going live, Murphy nipping in, playing the ball through, and Nuble going, thank you very much, and then everyone else having a moan. I was going to ask about what, what led to that moment. Does the ball get kicked out of play? Is it a clash of heads? What's what's going on? So our player, and I'm not sure which player it was, to be honest with you, but one of our players collided with one of their players and and, and went down and then and, and then the ball went out of play. It did go out of play. Um and but there wasn't like treatment that went on. But I remember the referee just blowing his whistle and uh grabbing the ball. So whatever it was that was supposed to have happened, he uh, overruled it, grabbed the ball and put it down. I might say the rest the rest have happened but from what i could see from and bear in mind i wasn't um i wasn't paying a huge amount of attention to uh what was the exact ins and outs because i didn't really realize what um significance that particular moment would have on the game but there was definitely a, a collision between players where our players seemed to come off worse from it and i'm pretty sure the ball went out of play if the ball goes out of play we're then starting to verge into it should be a throwing it should be a throw-in, even if that throw-in then ends up being just launched back to the other opposition goalkeeper or whatever. Yeah. If he stops the play before the ball goes out of play, or as a result of the incident that leads to that, in my mind, he's declaring a free kick one way or the other. So he he day one. I mean, he grabbed the ball, the referee, or he got given the ball, and then he put um uh he called their player and. Well, as you know, because it was just their player, their player who he gave the drop ball to, and then he dropped it, and then Reese Murphy nicked in, and then their player stood there and complained at the referee for a couple of minutes while Reese Murphy passed the ball to Frank Newblame. By the time he started running back, Murphy was on his bike. I, I have no problem whatsoever with Murphy doing that. In a drop ball situation, it's fair game, and their player needs to be switched on. I have no problem with that. I am confused as to how we got to that point, though. And that's my only sort of qualm about it. If the ball goes out of play and is still live, it has to start from being out of play, surely. So that was my that was my quandary. But if if the referee has decided in whatever capacity that it is just a drop ball in that situation and has offered the ball and turns it live, switch on, boot the thing out of play. It was definitely the referee's decision. 
um, as to as as to what to do. There was say lots of confused confusion around why he'd done it. Um, not least from their player, who, like you say, didn't really seem to do a great deal to go for it. And I agree with you. I think Reese Murphy's well within his rights to to go for the ball there. So yeah, that was that was it. But I'm glad it happened because that was about the only real action that there was of the entire ninety minutes, apart from. Um, and I'm putting my, my conclusions, and I'm sure we'll come on to his performance at all. And Courtney Senior, who I thought um, looked very good, um, you know, did 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 well. No, actually, no, it'd be unfair to say did more than I've seen JMD do in all his time um, this season, because I did see JMD stick that ball in at Worthing um, that Morgan Williams headed the winner in the last minute. So um, no, that would be a bit unfair. But um, no, I Courtney Senior was uh, was a positive considering. Look, he hadn't played that much for Barnet, I don't think. Um, he looked very lively, so and I'm sure Ian will talk about him from uh, 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 Boxing Day as well against Taunton when I thought he looked very lively again. But yeah, he looks like a good addition. I think That's all like, it, was a, a, it was a good win, Like it feels a little bit like plastic pitch, yeah. team in the bottom four, bottom five, or whatever. <laughs> And we've come out of it with a win. Yeah. And, 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 to Taunton and with a bit of momentum again. Yeah, I know ta- yeah. I know Mark um, Cooper mentioned after the game. To be honest with you, it was you, you could feel the wind more in the second half. We were we were in a sort of a covered end um in the first half, but so you didn't really notice it, but it yeah, the the pitch plus the wind made it it wasn't easy. And you could tell that they obviously knew. Um, both of those conditions, because it seems like quite a windy place down by the uh, down by the sea in Eastbourne, so they were obviously a lot more familiar with it than we were. It's a big three points as well, because on that same day, Torquay lost. I know Avely have yeah. dri- really drifted away, but they lost, and they will still consider themselves playoff candidates. But Torquay losing in that manner that they did on that same day, it just opened that gap up a little bit. Hampton and Richmond left it late. Bath left it. Uh, well, they did their job quite nicely. They smashed Welling, but. It's one of them where you drop points in that one and go out of that nil-nil and you go, oh, and Torquay lost. That's a double whammy. But to get the win, get out unscathed and then look around the other results and go, this is all right, this this is so for me, horrible. One of those early season and they would have had it marked on their calendars in the group. That's the one we need to get out of scot-free and to come out of it, Clino, goal, three points. See you later. Run away. Absolutely. That is 100% what it was. It was yeah. all about the three points and very little else. That was eSports. Moving on, moving on to Boxing Day, that was about a bit more than that, really. I think <laughs> rocking up to the ground and the anticipation that was there, I think um, for those who are friends with Martin Heller on Facebook, they would have seen him saying it feels like today feels like a good day to break a record. And, you know, come 90 minutes, you know, 6,301 were there at Hewish Park for the match. But it had that buzz and that energy before the game. Um, for sure, I obviously bumped into you, Dave, and yeah, said hello, and we had a bit of a chat about it in the cider space. And just, yeah. you know, I think it, obviously you've, you've been a couple of times this season at home, but it just goes to show the change that's happened over the 12 months when you... Uh- turn up there before a match and see so much activity 
yeah, that many people um, where, where, where they were. And, and I would say it was very, well, not very different, but it was certainly different too. Because the last game I went to was, which one came first? Truro or St Albans? I can't remember. One was a Tuesday and one was a Saturday, but I can't remember which way. Truro we was the Tuesday because yeah. we went to the Cow and Apple before. Oh, we did. Yeah, that was a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was. Um, yeah, and 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 there. It, I mean, there were there were quite a few people there, but it's almost like now, maybe because I saw loads of people there who I haven't seen in in years. Um, ben will remember Stephen Dolbach, who used to be the yep. Western Gazette Yeovil reporter. He was there, um, and he said he hadn't. He was. Um, he, he lives in Yeovil, but he hadn't been for for a long time. And um, he was there with his um, with mates. So had a chat with him. I saw like three or four people who, and I know people are back for Christmas and and, and all that. But it was yeah, it's a really good, a really good atmosphere um, behind there. And yeah, just well, what what we've been crying out for for a long time, isn't it? That kind of um, facility and it just shows you know, build it and they will come and they are coming. I, I, whatever of them. I understand that movie reference. I've seen that one. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we found one. We found a movie reference. You understand? <laughs> Anything with Kevin Costner and he's there. I had to do it as part of my degree. We had a film sports film. Anyway, um, I was going to ask. It's more than just having it as well. It's it's. I I mean, what what time was it busy from? Well, I got there about half one, and it was yeah. rammed. Absolutely right. rammed. Yeah. That wasn't the case, was it? Oh, God, it's, no. it's, you, you rocked up at 2.45 and went straight through a turnstile. Exactly. If you're turning up at 1.30 and it's already busy, yeah. that means people have been there since 1, since 12.30, oh, yeah, yeah. and they've been buying a drink yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a thing that costs a quid, and they've been buying hot dogs and programmes and popping into the shop and doing all those things and having a, an experience, and it's that old cliche of match day experience, that has been so often neglected for so, so long. And it's all well and good putting a lick of paint on stuff, and that helps. But when you put on a show, that's what makes people want to come back. And that's what... And even if the result necessarily hadn't gone well, but everyone had a good day with family, seen friends that they hadn't seen, all the rest of it, that might be enough to pull somebody back in another time if the football isn't up to it. I'll tell you what really helps, though, when the football sure as heck is up for it. Yeah, well, there was a big queue in the um, lots of people going into the shop as well after the game. So yeah. you can't. That's that's the that's the difference maker. That's the difference. Well, so shall I tell you what I think the difference maker was for the attendance? Do you know what I think broke the record? It was that Ian brought his entire family and everyone he knows. There was literally there was there was an army of them. An arm. I don't know what the collective noun for Perkins is is is, is but he had it. Whatever it was. <laughs> A swarm, a plague, plague of Perkins. A plague Ford. of Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> the Perkins plague. Yeah, I met the yeah. I, I I met the famous uh, Freddy. He was there as I uh, early he had to be he had to be held back from running on the pitch after the Michael Smith's goal because he's such a big fan. And it was yeah, oh, it was carnage. Did, yeah, the things <laughs> he said to Charlie Cooper in that second half. Though. <laughs> dear oh dear, exactly. I don't know where he gets that kind of language from. <laughs> Good pass, Charlie. No, he... <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a great. It was uh, yeah, it was great going in. It was yeah, it just felt like a, a a proper memorable Boxing Day, and you know what proceeded was um, 
everything and more that we could have wanted, really. I think let's go with the lineup. I think Charlie Cooper recalled back into centre midfield. Um, Jordan Stevens back from injury. <laughs> well, don't do don't. Soon. Do, soon. do not <laughs> do not go there. Do not open that can of worms. Uh, ben, how many people message you to say, I don't think Jordan Stevens in the team? And was I, did I tip it into treble figures when I messaged you? Yeah. I said, I said don't go there. No, I, I I stood next to Ian when I looked when I saw it, and he went, "Do you want to tell him?" <laughs> and it was like, "Oh, I think you know." <laughs> yeah, that was some language. Yeah, language was used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, senior indoors. So I said to you, quite a pacey, pacey-looking lineup, especially sort of it looked like a sort of Frank was going to be going through the middle with Jordan Young, but obviously not long into the game it changes and Will Dawes goes off injured and uh Murph comes on for a bit of Murph laying custard. Um yeah. and it was I don't know. Bring Murphy on after five minutes and he plays like that, I think <laughs> carry on. <laughs> He's still angry from hearing the team news at two o'clock going, What do you mean I'm not the team? He's still angry, He's still bubbling, then set him free. Like it. Good tactic. Yeah. <laughs> Great tactic. Um, but it was pretty, from the start, it was pretty clear that it was going to be one-way traffic. Um, some of the football that was sort of played in those opening minutes were just ridiculous. Like It was as good a start as we've seen out there, probably since the Avery game. The Avery game where we came out really strong and just battered them for the first 45. It was quite reminiscent of that, but not without... Jake Wannell having to have a bit of a wrestle with one of his former yeah. teammates. It got quite spicy quite quickly. Yeah. You could tell that they uh, that they planned that, hadn't they? Because that little um that little fella Stern was um was throwing his arms around within about forty five seconds of kickoff, wasn't he? And was it Nat Jarvis? He was a he was the bigger lad, wasn't he? Who was up front and we obviously saw the photo that um Mr. Brown um gave to us and uh yeah he uh they they seem to both have each other in some kind of wrestling move. I think uh, one had his arm round his neck one way, and the other had his arm around the neck the other way. Yeah. The, the uh, uh, Mark Cooper said post match that he'd made a change of bringing Cooper in because he knew it was going to be physical, and because he'd obviously read his team for that. It was obvious. Um, I think it really hampered Taunton. I thought they had a couple of players that had a bit about them. They weren't great by any stretch, don't get me wrong. But in terms of... I, I, I do like that Lloyd James chap. I really think he's got a bit about him. He's got loads of experience. But every time they went forward and got into attacking areas, because Ross Stern was lying down and Nat Jarvis was kicking off somebody, it hampered them because they didn't have an outlet. Mm. And they spent more time worrying about those things. If, they, if they're going to do the dark arts, you can't do it instead of trying to win a game of football. They did the dark arts and nothing else. And it just made life, as soon as Wannell just nudged a couple of guys out the way, he was just mopping everything up. And Whittle and Smith were quite happy to go and pick the ball up off defenders, off the other guys, and just the exit routes were so easy. It really hampered Taunton to play those dark arts. I've no idea why they set up to do that. It made everything so much easier for us. It played everything into our hands because it meant they got riled. Ref was having none of it. I thought the ref had a really good game, actually. 
And that's not something I said an awful lot. I just thought he let lots go. For both teams, there was full-blooded tackles and he just let stuff go. And I was like, this is what you want in a close four derby, isn't it? Is or isn't it a derby? But those kind of big Boxing Day clashes, you don't want stop-start games where it's all about the ref and you just let things move. And I, and I thought he did well, but I did want to say that Stern and Jarvis, for me, hampered Taunton far more than they helped. I hope Joe Day's not listening to you say that about a referee. <laughs> He's not a fan. He had, hey, that was a weird moment anyway, because we were making a sub. I know. And that, that seemed to be what it was. He booked him for yeah. for time-wasting because he, he, he saw Sonny, I think it was, coming on. And so he, he stopped to, to, to let, it, let it go. And then the ref just ran up to him and booked him. Ref ran back to halfway line and then said, let's make the sub then. And Joe Day was like, turned to the factor then. And he was like, I, I've just, I've no idea. No idea what's going on there. That, yeah. A couple of others had words with the referee as well then at that point because yeah. he went down to the centre circle and he was yeah. like, they were all sort of pointing. He said to say... Well, that's why. That's right. why. Yeah, why he was waiting. I, other than that moment, I agree with you, Ben. I thought he had a um, I thought he had a, a a decent game. It would have been very easy to have blown up for so many of those little fouls and you know dish out bookings from the start, but he just sort of let it let it go. And I think ultimately, like you said, it didn't do anything for Taunton, and we were just able to carve through them. And that, you know, I've. Of all the games Michael Smith's had, I mean, how that man could run an overlap for ninety minutes of the the entire game was unbelievable, and it I, it was like they didn't have a left back. It was just so like, oh, knock it around there. Oh, Michael Smith's on his way. Away we go. They were they were planning a change in the first half, and they ended up not making it. And I wonder if Rob Dre might regret that because I think they were going to change the left back and put somebody else in that area. Um, but they didn't do it. And by the time that they blinked, it was 2-0. They were going to do it at 0-0. They had him ready. Um, and I I wonder if he, he bottled it or didn't want to make the change, didn't want to sort of... I, I don't know what his thought was, but you could see him on the stream, player ready, all in white, ready yeah. to go. And then he put a jumper back on. Um, very strange situation. And I think, again, just a little bit of confusion of, of what are they doing? Are they going to make a change? Are they not going to make a change? Are they... Just they're trying to kick lumps out of us, or are they happy to crack on? It was just all very strange. I thought they got it completely wrong from start to finish, and we got it completely right from start to finish. And it was just about it was just about traveling the ball as quickly as they could from back to front. Not long balls, but moving with it. Senior was doing it, Smith was doing it. When Nuble gets moving, you ain't stopping that bloke. You are not stopping him. Whittle was going down. Dawes, even in his first five minutes, was trying to get up and down that side. And it was it was such an obvious tactic. They did nothing about it. And we were like, well, this is fantastic. Crack on. Jordan Young especially. Yeah, when Frank Newble gets moving, there, there's no finer sight in football than seeing a, a huge, great, big striker like that travel at some serious pace and get the ball into a dangerous area or set somebody up or, or move the ball on. But 50 yards, you're a defensive position into an attacking position in the blink of an eye with a unit like that. Yeah, I think that, so that first goal, that combination, I think Jordan Young picks it up, doesn't he? And he was <clears throat> he was sort of purring in a different kind of way, less shots at goal, but more skinning people and yeah. laying it off. And he plays that ball to Michael Smith and 
how many times have we seen that cross into sort of in between the penalty spot and the edge of the box and no one be there or it's just slightly missed time but yeah great finish from Frank Nuble because he's coming at that with some pace as well to be able to keep himself over it and put it away it was just yeah poetry in motion it was all one touch as well yeah. John Young gets the ball and it's just one touch ping Smith moving ball across first touch straight in right foot calm so easy to sky that so easy to lean back so easy to put that into the Thatchers but it's calm it's hard it's low keepers keepers going the wrong way he can't flick his weight back to go around the other way honestly that was it was such a joy to watch and yet it was better about 10 minutes later yeah yeah i was gonna say that second one dave what was what was your view of that that second one from behind the thatches or like you say you just saw um newbley come and to be honest with you i thought he'd he sort of run out of play or run into a bit of a dead end. And then he does that little back heel, doesn't he? And then you just see Michael Smith. And you think, yeah, surely this has got to be his moment. I don't know how many times he's found himself in those kind of positions and it's not quite worked for him. But yeah, how he, he, he like you say, just appears there for a man who's, um, yeah, uh, eight, eight years my uh, my junior, but um, he can still. Uh, there's no way you'd ever find me moving like that, even eight years ago. So um, yeah, and then he just does it. And it, again, for, for as a finish, any striker on, on our team or any other team would probably be very proud of that. Um, he just uh, he just tucks it away, doesn't he? And it's um, I, I was pleased to see him run off towards where Watsy and uh, Craig McCann were stood because obviously he recognised <laughs> everything that they've done for him. Um, and if you watch on the uh, on the on the commentary, you can just see Elliot in his uh, one of his latest uh, tracksuit numbers or whatever he's wearing, come tearing down the stairs. So um, yeah, no, it was uh, it, again poetry in motion, liquid but, football. You called it, didn't you? Liquid football. I did. It, yeah, if if you yeah, football doesn't get more fluid no. than some of the stuff we saw in that first half, because then there was I think there was another one where. Smith plays it to uh, Nuble. Nuble crosses it in, and Murphy's just—it was—it was like oh, it was yeah. destined to go in, and it just couldn't get it under the that bar. That was the one he put over the bar, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to smash it in the roof of the net. Um, but it's yeah, yeah it was that would have been again a, a a brilliant team goal. There was the one-on-one in between the two goals as well, where. Charlie Cooper plays the most ridiculous outside of the right foot mm. pass and Murphy's through and Keeper does actually very well, stays big, gets a little toe on it and, and nicks it around the corner. But it was just it was just chance after chance. And every time we got the ball moving quickly, you felt like a space was going to open for somebody all the time. And for me, it was it was pretty much a perfect first half performance. Aside from maybe maybe getting the third and fourth goal that we deserved and had earned. Oh, I was... said, what did I say? I said, I said, it should have been four nil. And you, you had a go at me on our WhatsApp. You said, what do you mean four? It should be six. <laughs> yeah. It just felt like that. It just really, really. Yeah. Cause they, they tried to come back into it and we just nullified everything so quick. They had it. We had the free kick from young that goes over. Um, I, still, I think that was probably set for a right footer, but we know Jordan Young can do that. Um, yeah, it was just, it was everything. It was everything it needed to be. It was scintillating, to quote Mark Cooper. 
Yeah, and I want and I thought in that that the second half got a bit it was a bit scrappy really, but I thought in that first half as well, Charlie Cooper was fantastic. Like oh, yeah. one of the best games I think he's had in a Yeovil shirt in terms of getting the ball forward. Everything was positive. Like I know Mark Cooper said, you know, he brought him in because he thought it was gonna get a bit, you know, a bit feisty, but that didn't really happen in the midfield so much because we were just playing football really it was all sort of with Wano and Williams having to put up with that and I thought as a, as a pair that was the best I think Worthington and Cooper have played together and every time I see us play with a midfield pair it just screams that we need to stick with the two and not put three in there because I think we've just been so much better but I think part of that is also down to the fact that you've got like I, we moved Young out to the right-hand side when we took Doors off and him and Smith on that right-hand side. Just There's just something about that partnership that just is really working. I think the fact that Young has to come inside and leaves that space that Smith yeah. can then overlap into, it, it just just works. I, I was pleasantly surprised to see how well Whittle and Senior we're linking mm. up as well, actually, because that's a really new relationship. I mean, Whittle hasn't played for a couple of games because he's been he's been out injured, and so Senior's only just come back in. So to see that go as well as that did on that side, I thought was really good as well. I liked what I saw from Senior. I didn't see the Eastbourne game, obviously. He travels with the ball. He's quick. He's got a brave decision in him. I'll take the extra touch. I'll make the pass. They're not all coming off, and that's fine, but I, I yeah, there's something there, and early signs are. I think a month not is not going to be long enough. I said something. Uh, well, no, it was a Barnet fan. It was Bees Pod actually, who um, you know, the the best non-league podcast in Britain, um, Bees Pod. Where I messaged them on Twitter asking them about um what Courtney Senior was like, and they described him as like a bag of revels. He said you'll get uh, you'll get three or four things that are sublime, and then you'll get one that you absolutely hate. And um, and I said that after the Eastbourne game, that probably like four out of the five things he tried worked and one of them just really mm. didn't work. But that's just the life of a winger, I would imagine. And like you said, if you're, if you're trying those five things and four out of five are coming off, I'll take those odds, I think. So um, if you could do five out of five, then you probably wouldn't be playing for us, would you? But the um, yeah, no, I think there's, there's something there. And as I said before, he's not. He hasn't played a great deal for Barnet and sort of odd minutes here and there. So if he gets gets um, another start New Year's Eve, and um, yeah, he'd definitely be a player. And I was going to ask the two of you, because of as we know, I am the the um, tactical ignoramus of the three of us. And the uh, what Mark Cooper said afterwards about the box, because Ian, you mentioned that he described that better than or more than you'd ever heard him describe it before. Explain to me. Explain to me what he means by the box. Yeah, so he talked about the the box of Jake Waddle, Augur Williams, Matt Worthington, and Charlie Cooper. So those four players are kind of the box of the team, the structure of the team, and then everything else, you know, everyone else is in charge of, you know, getting forward and making things happen elsewhere on the pitch. So fullbacks overlapping, but that square, that box stays, is like the structure of the team. Um, and I know when we when Ben spoke to Ian Randall on the podcast when Mark Cooper first came in, he, Ian talked about how Mark Cooper likes to play a back five or a three five two three 
what was it a three four two one i think and the mm-hmm. box in that structure was sort of two Middle defensive two. midfielders and then two attacking midfielders so it's kind of that but a little bit further back and i think when you've got ball players like jake Wannell and like morgan williams you know plays the ball out really nicely as well um he's sort of been able to adjust that philosophy a little bit further back at the pitch but so sorry to interrupt but let me just ask so the two in midfield is cooper in in um boxing days example is cooper and worthington yeah 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 so worthington definitely doesn't and didn't stay there did he i mean cooper stayed there a bit more but uh, and um one and and williams obviously stayed there so is it is it a movable box or is it because because they both they both definitely went forward it is. Yeah, it's but the, I don't... The, Go on, the, the The notion of the box is always something that I've considered to be an, an out-of-possession thing, where when you have the ball out of possession, or if you're defending a longer ball, or you're defending um, a set piece or something, and you break out, you need your two centre-backs. Chances are it's going to be one or Williams that does some clearing. You, have your, you then have to mop that up and get back in possession quite quickly, and it's up to those two then to get that ball back. And what Ian was talking about with how the box being quite attacking when we spoke to Ian Randall to now being quite defensive is actually because you need that rigidity when you've got flying fullbacks in a four at the back. So you always have four players that you know, no matter what, if Michael Smith bombed up and they've launched a clearance that's then been dealt with, you should have four people, one on Williams, midfielder, midfielder, two to clear and two to mop up, just to allow everyone 30 seconds to get back into shape, but then also to start things off again. So it's just allowing that rigidity either in a defensive capacity or when the possession is changing hands. And does it help if you've got uh, like wingers, because obviously you say Jordan Young and Courtney Senior were the wingers, weren't they? They, they Definitely. They were both attacking wide players. So if I was drawing this on a bit of paper right now, I'd have my four in a in a square, and then I'd take Cooper in the top left-hand corner, and 90 degrees to him would be Whittle, and then I'd have a triangle formed with Senior. So you'd have a box, and then a triangle top left-hand corner, and then on the other side, you'd have Worthington, and you'd have Smith, and you'd have Young, and you'd form a triangle there. So when your box takes control of the situation depending on where you are on, in that particular formation, you can then go and utilise the triangles, which we did really, really well. That's when Smith can bomb forward because he knows Jordan Young's going to feed him through. That's when um, Frank Newblay can travel with the ball because he knows he's got people coming in from that triangle. So it's quite boring and, and rigid when you talk about it in the sense that we have. But if everyone knows what they're doing and knows how it's supposed to be done and does it to the effect that they did against Taunton, for me, it's a really effective system in this. And it goes right the way back to what Ian was saying right at the start of every time he sees us play two, he feels like we should always play two because it gives us that box. Can I just say that Ben said if he had a piece of paper, he just drew in the air with his finger there. If your thing, if your finger was a pencil there, you would be like a, a child who's had far too much chocolate over Christmas and it would just be like that kind of picture that a kid draws at that time, I think. Like like me being eighty percent Haribo, it would be like that, I think. I know? feel like I could I feel like I could um 
display it really well in Lego. In Lego, okay. I could get some square Lego blocks and some triangle Lego blocks and go, right, that's where everyone goes and that's why okay. we're there, yeah. You think that's how it's, Mark Cooper does it? Possibly. It's a, really, for Christmas. it's a really boring tactical analysis that we've just done there, by the way. And everyone other than Jonathan Hooper will have completely switched off throughout it. But I bet he <laughs> finds that quite interesting. And actually, I bet some of his data from the Taunton game would probably show, from the evidence I have, of having a box of that's where the passes went between them. Lots of passes, lots of clearances. And the triangles forming of the midfielder with winger and flying four-pack. Would be my guess. Okay, thank you. That was really that was really dull, wasn't it? They've all switched off now, mate. Jeez, that was dull. Even Ian's left the room. We've done some really dull uh, stuff in our time, but (laughs) that was as dull as the first part of the second half on uh, (laughs) against Taunton. Um, Because not a lot (laughs) happened, really. Um, No, because they they came out rattled. Clearly, they made a change, didn't they, at halftime as well? Yeah, and. I just felt like they, this is maybe the best example of why those front two were being such idiots for them. Because they got the ball. They had the ball. And yet they got mm. up to, it reminded me a lot of us last year, got the ball to the 18-yard box and just pooped the pants. Had no idea what to do. Had no idea what to do because Stone was on the floor moaning about something and Jarvis was trying to get his head in someone's shirt. It just made, it made no sense for me. Um... We just took a minute or two to get going, actually, in ourselves. We hoiked a couple of clearances when actually we've been quite calm with a couple of clearances. And it took, I want to say, Mur- um, not Murphy, Nublay. He came quite deep on a couple of occasions, got the ball and travelled and just, just knocked 20, 30 yards out. And it just kind of got us back in our groove again. We flashed a couple of shots. A couple of crosses were pretty harmless. Um, but it just took that little moment from Nublay, I think, to, to sort of get us back in our group. But when we did, it was just back to square. It was back to the first half again. It was brilliant. Mm. I mean, I, I think, I didn't think a lot changed till we brought Sonny on. And once Sonny Low Everton comes on, I think we got a lot more control of the ball. It seemed like he was being, you know, his, he was getting on it quite a bit and making a lot of passes. Um, yeah, almost like we needed that. Who did he come on for? Um, senior was it? It came off on. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. just sort of switched it a little bit tactically, and then Sonny was a bit more central. Did Jordan Young, Jordan Young go left? Jordan Young came off. Jordan Young. Did uh, he came off in in the second half as well? Didn't he, Jordan Young? But I can't remember who came on. Fisher, Fisher came on as well. Didn't so he? Sonny comes on for senior. And then Fisher comes on for Young a little bit later on. Yeah, a bit later. So that pushed. I mean, Alex Fisher was playing right wing pretty much. Yeah, he came on when when Senior comes off. We've obviously changed both our our wide players at that point. Young's gone to one side. Sonny doesn't go to the other side. Nuble does. Um, and that's one of those times where he picks the balls up and goes forward. But Sonny doesn't. Sonny doesn't join the box. The box stays firm. Sonny becomes yeah. almost a third. It was like a number behind, ten. Yeah, in behind Murphy. So now, Dave, it's a very different box. <laughs> it's a very different box. Oh, it's right. basically a four-two-three-one. Um, but it just the game was opening up, and there was going to be room for someone. 
like a Sonny to come on and, and be a, a little trickery and, and all the rest of it. And yeah, I thought he did quite nicely too. Mm. Yeah, Murphy scores before. So um, that was a uh, not really sure what was happening there. Bounced over the top of a Taunton defender. And it was all, yeah, he it was just got lost, I think, with the ball. And yeah, one of those where actually Reese Murphy's been in those positions the last few games and hasn't put them away. But that one, he made sure of it. It was strange because it was a it was a goal kick. They have the ball. Lavacum kicks the ball long and just it just comes back and Murphy runs through and then nobody else figures out what to do and he's got a bit of time to think about it and actually one thing we could probably say of Murphy is that he hasn't scored the number of goals that the chances that he's been provided with have maybe suggested he could have done. Um, so if that was on his mind and he'd missed a couple and he'd flashed a couple over and if he's got time to think about it, you could be excused for missing that. And then eventually he has a guy clattering into him as he hits the ball. So actually, I think that goal is going to do him the world of good. That little reminder of, oh, no, I am an absolute bagsman. I think that goal is going to do him the world of good, sort of medium to long term. Yeah, I said that to Foxy, who was stood next to one of the Thatchers, that it was, um, yeah, glad to see him score, like you yeah. say, especially after he missed that chance. And again, another chance in the first half that he would have expected to put away. Definitely. But, um, yeah, so no, good to see to see him score, and then and then good to see Sonny score as well. And again, another co- very composed finish, wasn't it? For um, off, I mean, off the back of a really good double save as well. Wow. Sonny gets the shot away, good save. Keeper jumps up, Murphy smothers that one, goes out for a corner, and they just don't switch on. Mm-hmm. They do not switch on at all, and we get the freedom to pass the ball around the edge of the eighteen yard box. And Sonny thinks I'll just pop this one in the bottom corner. Really nice. Yeah, keeper looked a bit caught out by it as well. I thought it sort, yeah. of, sort of snuck in on the near post. <laughs> they just weren't ready. The whole defensive right. unit was not ready to defend a corner. It was yeah, strange, very strange. And it's about now that my 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 screen completely blacks out, so I don't see anything after this at all. I see the goal, and then maybe five seconds afterwards. And as of yeah. Uh, 8.48 on Thursday, the 28th of December. The good people of National League TV have not replied to my complaint email. Well, I was going to say, if you were going to miss a moment of the game, <laughs> you picked the right <laughs> moment to miss, I would say. Yeah, true. Yeah, because Still last time bit... for a bit of drama. There was yeah. a bit of drama, a bit more drama, wasn't there? Yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, the red the red cards, and Nick Makuti comes on, puts in a tough challenge on um, Charlie, Cooper, Charlie Cooper, doesn't he? And yeah, just yeah, it it wasn't a good tackle, and then he sort of goes over to apologise, I think, but is a little bit too perhaps aggressive in his <laughs> in his apology, and Charlie Cooper doesn't want anything to do with it, and then just goes like swipe him and slap him on the back of the head, like yeah. right in front of the referee, yeah. and the referee's exactly. like, well, there you go, exactly. <clears throat> second yellow, see yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could only think what Taunton fans must have been thinking at that point after everything that they'd had. I mean, their, their goal, was that before their goal, the sending off? I think they that scored. Was, uh, scored. No, after. did they score before that? Yeah, they scored. Um, yeah. They scored, bef- yeah, they scored before the, the sending on card. Yeah, yeah. So not that I'm sure they would have thought that they were going to, um, uh, you know, 
turn anything around. Come back was on. Like. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, in the because he'll be out for what again? He'll be out for the what, uh, New Year's Eve game now, won't he? So no, no? oh no, because no, it's seven days, isn't it? And that in itself makes things a bit interesting. Um, I do just want to say, by the way, Rob Dre tried to justify it afterwards by saying it was a striker's challenge. I'm not sure it was a yellow card because apparently strikers are allowed to challenge badly. <laughs> Who knew? Um, oh, well, get on, yeah, get handy on it, to know. Yep. But I'll tell you what, the fact that he gets to play yeah. in the game against probably Charlie Cooper, it's going uh, to be really interesting. And it's going to take another strong ref and it's going to take a really strong performance from probably Charlie Cooper again who will almost certainly get kicked lumps out of by this chap. So very strange situation that, that he not sure. I'm not sure any of their strikers have done enough to uh, dislodge anyone from their positions though. (laughs) It's just, it's just a whoever up front. Yeah. It's just a strange way of going about things that you play these games back to back, but actually you can get sent off for violent conduct. Um, play against the team and go and play against them yeah. three days later. <laughs> Very odd. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the goal was a bit of a bit of a, a blot. I mean Mark Cooper said it was down to sort of people subs not picking up them their men. I think on the highlights, I think Alex Fisher is the closest one to the defender. And it's yeah, just one of those annoying, you know, could have been a clean-o. But yeah sloppy in those moments and it just takes the edge off a little bit but what can you do it's football after all does the goal stop it being a 7 out of 7 I'm not sure I'd give a 7 out of 7 for many things but um, no Mm. I'd give it I'd I'd give it a a solid 6 okay if it had been 4-0 if the goal hasn't gone in no, I, don't I think you need at least six goals for it to oh, be a seven. You need bra- I think you need brackets for, for a seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it was, you know, all things considered. Bloody <laughs> enjoyable to watch. A, a special, special day, really. Record-breaking attendance. Yeah. And the type of performance as well, which you'd like to think would keep some of those 6,000 coming back who aren't necessarily there every week if they're going to be able to see that every Saturday um, hopefully they'll come back and spend a bit more money at the club because it was yeah it was it was great it was just ex- everything that we've wanted to see and it almost feels like a bit of a culmination of all the work that's gone on off the pitch all the work that's been going on on the pitch came together nicely on a really sort of amazing day just after Christmas to yeah. see a load of goals going against local rivals ish yeah, I was thinking back to the previous boxing there, which I know was at Torquay, but um, that one all that we had where JMD scored there. No. Yeah. Uh, at, at Torquay, he, I, can't, I can't remember. At Torquay, he set up, didn't he set up a goal? Yeah, I think maybe. he assisted. It yeah, was at yeah. home he scored the Dinklage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but again, you kind of went away from that one thinking it was one was uh, 45 minutes of... Um, uh, of us just being us last season um, and then 45 minutes of, of being quite good and you came away feeling a bit like oh, god this is this isn't going to get any better is it last last year um, I don't know we're at a lower level than we were then but yeah, it definitely feels a, a world away from uh, from 12 months ago 
We've got questions. I think the um didn't the Taunton the Taunton manager said after about one of their players uh Dylan, Dylan Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, who wasn't playing, um, who seems to have been a bit of a star for them. And he was asked about um, why that was. And he said it was because he'd been approached by a very local team. Um, and then... Full-time team. Wasn't it? A, a local, 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 local full-time <laughs> team. Uh, yeah, a local full-time team. And then when he was asked again if there was anything more he could say about which team this was, he said they were a very local full-time team. Now... I would imagine we are probably the most local full-time team to uh, Taunton. Not the only local full-time team to them, but we are the most local. And an attacking midfield player, which seems to be what this lad is, would make sense, wouldn't it? A little bit of mind games? Well, I did pick up on one other line that he said in the YouTube interview, Rob Bray. He said they were dealing with an approach on Christmas Day. Oh, right. I... Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love the idea of somebody, whether it's Martin Hellier, whether it's Mark Cooper, just picking the phone up Christmas morning. Morning. Happy Christmas, Taunton. How you doing? Now, tell us about this chap you've got. <laughs> I'm, I, Can you t- imagine being a, a part-time manager having to do with transfer requests <laughs> on Christmas Day? <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then... <laughs> And then the next day getting absolutely turned over. Jeez. I, yeah, wonderful images. Of, of, I, I kind of hope there's a fax machine involved. <laughs> Don't know why. Just crack the old fax machine out on Christmas morning. But that, I thought, was a little line. And I thought that is someone somewhere's had an absolute blind. If it is us, I kind of hope it is us. If it is us, just for that alone. Yeah, nice, nice little move, that. So the player's worth it. If it uh, is us. <laughs> if it is us, yeah. Look, we we need those kind of strength and depth players, and if he's as half as good as Wong is and half as good as Falston can hopefully be, yeah, do do all right by me. And maybe that maybe maybe that's the reason Senior's only a month. Maybe, although on his past couple maybe. Of performances, maybe we we extend that as well. And I mean, strength and depth to CSO. I don't read too much into these sort of months or oh God, no. seasons because no. ollie thomas we had for however long and he was gone after a yeah. month and i just think you know it might if it gives us the leeway if things don't work out and he's not what we need yeah. in a month's time we can say thanks not not quite right likewise if it goes well and we're happy and the player's happy what's to stop the extension and that kind of thing so yeah yeah but, uh, Will be used only on a month, month by month by month. He's just staying there. If it if it works for all parties, very easy to keep it going. Mm. Right, questions. Let's go. I am just going to find them. Okay, uh, here is Hugh, the winner of the prize, the winner of the print. We can now say after we've had a. <laughs> Had a photo of him holding it on Christmas Day. Congratulations, well, Hugh. His daughter was the winner. <laughs> well, yeah, but he was the he's ended up. <laughs> he's the it's ultimate a, winner, isn't he's he? He's the ultimate winner. Well, no, <laughs> technically, technically, and I don't mind telling this story right now. It all finished and I did that and I sat down and I, I got my random number generator and you put it on the internet of 
there's this special app thing online and you're right, got to be following, got to be followed, got to retweet, got to be liked. Does this random number generate a thing? Genuinely, Ian Perkins won. <laughs> I was like, I, I can't do it. I cannot give, I, that is no way that's going to go down well. So I had to apologize to you, Ian, and redraw. That's right. I wouldn't have accepted it anyway, Ben. <laughs> is, that, is that a version of it on your wall there next to you, Ian? Is that, is that a huge yes, part I of your, yeah, you bought one It yourself. is, yeah. Matthew would kindly sent us one, didn't he? So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it don, dons the wall in the room here. Uh, so Hugh Hugh's question is, should any Glover who refers to our league fixtures versus Taunton Town as derbies receive a one-year ban? Every time I, I write uh, about Taunton, I always see Hugh's face appear in my, uh, in my mind's eye and say, um, yeah, an all-Somerset clash, I think, is what I refer to it as. <laughs> <laughs> so I've used that phrase an awful lot, I think. But yeah. yeah I'm no. sorry. My, my preview did say A35, A358 derby. Yeah. I think I did. I think I referenced something in the uh, uh, man of the match voting article as well. Maybe even in the team news article in my anger <laughs> and having to redo it. Um, yeah, I have referred to it at least. I think you referred to it as a derby here as well tonight. Possibly a derby too. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Oh, Somerset clash, if you don't mind. <laughs> County clash, you can have. Is it... Yeah. <laughs> Is Bath a derby though? Because that historically mm. we've. You know, bigger, a long, long, bigger, long, long, long time ago. I would say I, I think I think Weymouth is our one and only derby, um, and I think that's historical and geographical as well, isn't it? Um, it's a combination of the two. I think Bath, you could look at and you would say, yeah, they they consider somebody else to be their derby, and I would imagine, um, I don't know, Western Sea Premier would be Taunton's derby. I don't know. They, they might think we're their derby. I don't know. I would say Weymouth is Hewish, derby. Hewish, you can be the arbiter of, of, of derbies. What is not a derby yet? The derby yeah. arbiter. Darbiter. The arbiter. The arbiter. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. Uh, Don Gibson, uh, do you expect Taunton to play a left back in the return game? They might need six. They will yeah. do. Strange that. It was, I, I'm, I'm not massively down on Taunton's team news. And I know they've had problems at left back, obviously not least since we nicked them, nicked uh, Falston, but um, that was, a, it was a att very attacking player at left back for them, I think. And he got torn a new one by Jordan Young and, and well, everybody, Michael Smith in particular. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see them go five at the back at home, which is strange to say, because it's at home, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that to them to make personnel and, and possibly tactical changes at home. Horrible pitch to play on as well there. Well, I think it's probably worth bringing that up. I When I spoke to uh, Peacock's radio, um, huge thanks to to Russ and to uh, to John for joining me. Um, they said that they've had some work done, possibly through Lloyd Irish's company, who's their subkeeper, has come in and done some work on the pitch to try and make it playable. But it's cost them a lot of money in terms of lost revenue. They have to get that pitch sorted. Southwest has taken a bit of a battering. I already the Truro game's off yeah. against it Torquay. Chucked, it chucked it down yesterday, and for a bit today it's been raining yeah. too. So it's yeah. it's mm. obviously taken a bit of a battering, but hopefully, hopefully they can get uh, get it on. Uh, well, that's what Tom asks. Good evening, Tom Bailey says. Do we think the game will be on this Sunday? Um, who knows? 
only the gods of pitches can tell us. It's gods. Um, uh, Tom also asked, will we hit 4,000 attendants for Bath next weekend? I, I uh, would hope uh, so. Yeah, I was surprised how few Taunton... Um, I don't... Well, I, I thought I thought they would have brought more, but then when you look at their predicament, mm. yeah, may, 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 maybe not. I think four will probably come against Torquay. I, I'd have thought Torquay would bring a good number, almost regardless of what they're doing. Um Bath, I don't know how many they have. Uh, um, obviously, our game there was a midweek, wasn't it? So they probably had a lot of people who considered themselves Bristol Rovers or Bristol City fans uh, that probably turned up. I don't know how many of them would travel to, to Yeovil. So I would think it's probably more likely um, later in the season. But, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I I thought Wait, the same about 4,000. Yeah. Is that... Uh, didn't we get six thousand? We did. Our average is three seven, three eight, something like oh, that. Oh right. So okay. I think that's the number. I I would hope so. I but I would hope that that starts to become a bit of a regular think... target. I'm with you, right? Okay. Right. Especially for Bath. Especially like you say for for um for Torquay. I know that's quite late on, but um even Western Supermare at home is that a Tuesday? Uh, it not might sure. be a lot of the low. I mean, Bath is actually. One of the only ones that's on a mm. Saturday, like the local yeah. games. Lots of them have been on. It would be great. Evening, it would be good. Tuesday games. Yeah. Um, First against third, probably. And I thought the same. Like, I'm, then I kind of thought about Taunton. I was like, most people probably support Yeovil. <laughs> yeah. like, like they'd probably be Yeovil supporters rather than like Taunton supporters. So they. So, 800-ish at home. So they've brought half their home attendance. Six. Yeah. Um, they've got 2,500 there on New Year's Eve. 950 are hours. Oh, I probably guess one or two others might be as well. Uh, and Tom has come in with a third question to say, oh, yeah. what is our toughest remaining fixture? Maidstone away. Yeah. I still think right. I still think Torquay. I mean, I know everything that they're they're, they're 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 having now. I still I still can't see Torquay not getting in the top three. Dave, it'll be over weather. Well, I like them. I think Torquay at home will be tougher than Maidstone away on a plastic pitch. Yeah, it's it's Avely Hey, listen, and, plastic Avely pitches when I'm there, mate. I'm sorry, they're sorted. Are you off to Maidstone? You going to Maidstone? Of course. What, yeah. are, what are you doing on the? Uh, what day is it? What are you doing on ah third of February? Is that Maidstone away? That is Maidstone away, three o'clock. Maidstone away, then. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Um, a word for St Albans as well. By the way, I think that could be a a a tricky one. But for me, Maidstone is the biggie. Two, three, four, six, seven. That's the eighth game. A bit disturbing. Bench whispering whispering numbers. numbers. (laughs) That's eight games away, Maidstone away. Nine wins in a row. If, no, seven <laughs> wins in a row. Win the next seven. Yeah. Maidstone eight. I think we'll win it against Haven't. We'll uh, we'll pick up the title against Haven't two day two games later. Yeah. Or more likely six or seven weeks after that. Win them all. <laughs> yeah. And uh Clevo has asked, was Ross Stern the biggest pantomime? 
footballer you have ever seen watching Yeovil in years, spent most of the game moaning at the ref and on the floor, took the banter from the home fans well. Yes. Did play his part, didn't he? Yeah, there were comments made about his uh, his waistline, which he uh, grabbed his waistline and and uh, uh, shook it like a bowl full of jelly, which was very um, uh, very uh, very fitting for the season, I think. But as I said, to, I said to Foxy, we've all had a couple of extra roast potatoes, haven't we? So let's not let's not get too too picky about it. I don't think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to judge a man on his waistline. I will judge him for short sleeves and, and gloves, though. <laughs> that can get in the bin. Yeah, it was quite entertaining because just the amount of times he did that like really petulant toddler like stood up and like jumped twice on the spot or like banged his hands on the floor and it was like, come on, man. My three-year-old daughter a grown man. <laughs> no, you can't have any more yeah. custard creams. Uh, like Hallett, something you you've remember? said a lot over, over Christmas, Ben. Have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. A lot. Yeah. Uh, question from Callum Hallett. Can you remember many better performances from Yeovil than that game against Taunton? Ah, it's right up there for me, especially in recent years, especially after what we've been up through. And it felt like it was a culmination of other good things. We've had one-offs. We've had one-off. The 6-2 against Torquay was great. It was a one-off um, in amongst other okay performances, but this felt like it had been coming for a while. It's it's right up there for me. I haven't enjoyed watching a game on a stream and felt as comfortable and as happy as I have for as long as I could possibly do. It was brilliant. I was um, thinking back to the last and when we were in this level back in the in the in the nineties, and we played uh, Sutton United away at Sutton United and uh, won three 0 there. Now Sutton were. I don't know exactly where they were, but they were about sort of like fifth, sixth, seventh, something like that in the in the table at the at, at the time. And that was a game when we literally blew blew them away. Although it was yeah, it was three 0 and had a very similar kind of feeling to it. I mean, I'd say that Sutton side were better than 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 Taunton were, but it had that um had that vibe. To, I mean, I'm sure there's been two games where we've blown teams away um a lot more than uh, than we did then, but um. Six one against yeah. Southport, and that's one I remember. <laughs> that goes back. Yeah. To I mean, twenty years, but Avely, Avely this season at home, that was a similar first half. We battered them and should have been six nil up. Um, yeah, so it was very similar to that. Uh, Jonathan Hooper, would you rather win the league at Weymouth and they stay up, or win the league in the next game? Uh, win the league the next game, and they go down. I don't care. I'm going to say, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm not really that bothered about Weymouth. <laughs> I really yeah. can't bring myself to feel too much about them. I don't I don't mind us having a Weymouth um, rivalry, but in both of those scenarios, we aren't in the same league as them next year. Yeah. And that is all that matters. Um, look, if there was a, if there was a script writer scripting it, it would be Torquay and Weymouth that weekend, win them both six points, couple of last minute goal thrillers, that's the Hollywood story. So I'll pick the one where we win it at Weymouth if those are the two options because you're going to get the script on our side, not because of what it does to them. I don't really care how they get on that. Yeah, I want to do it. I... Absolutely fair. So that would be the Torquay game, potentially. Yeah. That would feel more, that would feel more 
Ideally what before then talk, as well. Talky really. Good Friday and Easter Monday Weymouth. Is that right? I think Easter Monday is the is a Weymouth game, isn't it? So yeah, I think so. Yeah. I've um I've made a conscious decision that we are not going anywhere <laughs> over <those> Easter. weekends <laughs> over Easter. They've just been blocked out on the calendar, the new calendar. Yes, they are they are blocked out and we're not missing not missing anything. Um, around that I, time, it'd be really interesting to know when Torquay tickets, Torquay home games go on sale. Tickets for that mm. home game goes on sale. How quickly we start to get? Because if if things do look good for that weekend, you start looking at the all time, the all time divisional, um, regional is seven eight. I think York City a couple of years <clears> back <throat> when they got promoted. In as as it currently stands in its current regional football, regional football. No, in its current thing, eight thousand and seven. Eight thousand and seven needs to be two thousand people locked outside. There needs to be eight people in trees outside. Otherwise, it doesn't count. That's understand. fine. But in it's those little moments, isn't it? It's of can you get that number of seven eight? Can we get that number of eight eight thousand and whatever? That's absolutely fine. Can we get a sellout? And eight people in trees. Can we get That's a sellout? Important. You know what I mean? It's that. It's that. I mean, Torquay might need it for the playoffs. Could we? Who knows? Dream. The the. I think the the pessimist in me will say that we won't get a sellout unless, like, the only times you've had sellouts are when Man United came to yeah. town and when Leeds came to town, and you're just not going to get that level of travelling support unless it's. If we win this game and Torquay win, like whoever, if it's less, it's like winner takes all. Um, <laughs> which if it like, is, you know I mean? then, if, it's, if it is, a lot's gone I mean, wrong, gone wrong now and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, John Soros, who is your favourite pantomime villain? I think he means Ebenezer, uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham, or Ross Stern. I mean, Ross, Ross Stern's Stern. right up there for me, I think. Yeah. Although Dan, Danny Hilton would give him a run for his money. Oh, yeah, Danny Hilton. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Tyson, uh, if my mate asked a couple of questions, who ate the most pigs in blankets at Christmas dinner out of you three? My money's going to be on Ben. Oh, again, yeah, okay, make a fat joke, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I, I'm happy to take that title. I had several thousand. Okay, I didn't have thousand, okay. I, think I, I found thought... a couple. I was I was clear, cleaning up in the kitchen after and found a couple left over in the air fryer and... Uh, had them. That's why you clean up on Christmas Day because it's not left. I had bottom of the the tray where I'd done the meat. I put loads of vegetables in the bottom, and I was just yeah. sat there eating tray spuds. Amazing tray spuds, mm, full of all the goodness. <laughs> oh, not good. Uh, thoughts on bread sauce? Horrific. Never had it. Been it. Uh. And is Christmas pudding best with custard, thick double cream, spray cream, or brandy butter? Or in the bin. Yeah. Christmas pudding is not good with anything. The bin Correct. for me. <laughs> We've got uh, similar views on Christmas pudding here. Well done. Yeah. Um, we had the same views on okay. mince pies, didn't we? If, yes, if, we did. if you're getting to the Christmas puddings, you haven't eaten enough of the pigs and blankets. Yeah. Go back for more. Uh, almost a pro pilot says, how good of a manager do you think Hellery is? I think this is in reference to 
he's managing the staff team, isn't he? On um, on uh, New Year's Day, the staff are playing supporters at Hewish yeah. Park, and yeah, hearts were set racing this morning. I think on social media when <laughs> the club <laughs> tweeted that Martin Helly was taking over in the dugout, but it was just for this one game. Um, I've got to say, proof it will be in the lot- pudding doesn't take a lot to confuse me but i was confused <laughs> for a while yeah yeah so i was like uh, what, what yeah but yeah exactly we'll see. Judge, judge, judge him on his results i say that let me support his team i've heard they're pretty decent so we'll see we will see they beat they beat exeter in the legends game didn't they they did yeah are we going to do a foot in the opposition camp for that one do you think and who is the opposition i don't know We'll let the we'll let we'll let the, let the listeners decide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you join in with the heckling towards their number thirty? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I, I am was... nothing if not negative and contrary. That's what I strive to be in life. Uh, I was surrounded by uh, young children, children. so yeah. couldn't so, really get <laughs> too, too involved in with the fruity language. Could you? Yeah. Exactly. No. No. Not that I would anyway, of course. Um, And who do you think was the most aggressive on the Taunton team? Toss up between the 13 and the 9. Yeah. Well, I'd have said the 13, which was Ross Durham, wasn't it? Spent more of his time on the the floor. So I'm not sure how aggressive he could actually be. But looking at that picture of uh, uh, Nat Jarvis, is it? The other striker. And Jake Wano, I'm going to say. I'm going to say him. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a, a wrestling or rugby move going on there. Stern was more of a sort of petulant child than um yeah <laughs> yeah like I said uh, there is a there is a question on 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 Facebook I know I'm jumping around here but Lee Riggs said yeah, um what's the opposition player who's made you laugh the most I really enjoyed Ross Stern's performance because he he definitely knew what he was doing Ross Stern and he um yeah he played the he played the part with a plob so um is there an opposition player you can remember who's made you laugh more than 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 any other Danny Hilton was good. You were right. He was uh, definitely a good one. Yeah, but I think Danny Hilton just really used to piss me off. Yeah. Whereas I felt because he was good and he'd score, but then he'd also wind people up as well. Whereas, um, yeah, I think Stern was, it was entertaining because it was just so theatric. Yeah. Akin Fenwa, I remember being quite good for a um, uh, but he used to he used to give a bit of uh, a bit of it back, didn't he? On the but he was uh, again a very good player. I remember seeing him score against us for Swansea. Um, we nearly signed him, you know, Akin Fenwa. He trained with us uh, when he was coming back from injury at one point, and uh, then he went to Swansea. Rude. Lee Trundle. Oh yeah, Lee Trundle was a good one as well. Yeah. Sorry, did, did I miss anything interesting? I'm sorry, I had to run away. Yeah, you did. There was, there was no, no, no one would have known, Ben. Oh, no one sorry. would have known, I but just drop yourself in it. Now. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, Fir Tree Farm, based on how poor our attack was last season, should Dawes have got more of a chance? Uh, I think the thing with Will Dawes is that he's uh, we are playing at a lower level than we were last season. Um, and um, also, I wonder how much that I know he was at Oxford City for I don't know exactly how long he was at Oxford City for, but I wonder how much that made him because I, I think coming into a poor side that was really struggling and low on confidence, he would have probably found himself going the same way. 
Um, and I think probably the best thing for him, he's coming into a side which is the complete opposite of where he was last season, and you know being able to do what he did, what 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 he has been doing. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. And so much as we'll we'll never know how much of a difference he could have made last season, and everything he's shown us this season in small chunks is that he could have made a difference. But actually, it means he's got no baggage. It means he gets this level he, he can get us out of it and grow with us hopefully so yeah i i agree okay i've got facebook as well so i'll i'll on. carry on uh ryan croucher was that the most complete first half performance we've seen for quite some time yes feels like it uh what will come first talkie pissed the league united taking top spot or almost a pro pilot becoming a pro pilot. Wow. I think I think we need to unmask almost a pro pilot and find out what the hell is going on with this pilot's license. I think that is a question we need to turn around and ask an APPCQ. No Q. APPQ? Yeah. I imagine it's There's not questions a quick... for him to answer. Well, I'd imagine it's not a quick process to become a pilot. Well, I, I'm sure it's not, but it's been almost for months. And if yeah. he's almost, what, that suggests that he's been, you... yeah, but he, that suggests that he's been doing it for a while. When he called himself almost a pro pilot, he must have thought that he was close. Yeah, at some either point, that I'm or, or be that's just arrogance, otherwise. <laughs> and I mean, you need a bit of an arrogance to be a pro pilot, I would imagine. But come on, Can I, the uh, man's got you... questions to answer. Well, they have got questions to answer. Let's not assume it's a man. They have got questions to answer. He's Mister Pro Pilot. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. But there you go. This is it's the closest we get to a coatsy monologue yeah. these days. Exactly. There's nothing to worry about. Turning, on the, to turning on the listeners. Like. Yeah, exactly. This is this is what it's coming to. Yeah. <laughs> who yeah. are you? Yeah, who are you? And so what are you like, doing with this pilot's um, license? It's like the time I slagged off Chard. Just doing it to amuse <laughs> we, myself at this point. We, Ben. Yeah, it's we. It's not we that. Yeah, um, you you mentioned about having a little swagger of arrogance there, Dave, and I wanted to point out something I spotted in the Premier League. Andros Townsend has Townsend Senior on his shirt now. His son plays though, doesn't he? His son's a, like four. Is he? He's got like, a kid. I, I thought he had a son who was a player. Oh, Andros Townsend. Yeah, I don't think his son's that old. No, anyway, okay. I thought that was I thought that was quite presumptuous of. Yeah. Andros Townsend to be, I need to put senior on here because my kid's going to make it and be junior. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's a complete, complete tangent. Yeah. It's fine, Ben. It's all oh, good. Yeah. Townsend has replaced with Townsend senior um, because of four, as a four-year-old son who's also named Andros Townsend junior. There you go. There you go. It's true. There you go. Destiny. Yeah. Uh, Hilton Mason. Uh, this is the last one, I think. Are you... I think it's the last one. Uh, are you surprised by the present achievements? What were your expectations? All credit to Martin Hellier, Mark Cooper, players, staff and fans achieving by unity. I will count myself as surprised because I remember saying 
when we did our pre-season predictions, I thought we would be um, a playoff side this season. Mm. Um, and there's still a little part of my head that won't allow me to go any further than that. <laughs> um, it is slowly dissipating as the weeks go by and I'll, you know, having therapy for it and everything like that. But, um, but yeah, I was definitely a, if we finish in the top three, that would be brilliant. So, yes, I would say overachievement, um, 100% in my mind. I mean, you were one who said last time, you know, last time we had a season in this league before we then got out of it as well. We did, but, we did yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I would have thought exact, exactly that. Um, and maybe that's because, um, I mean, there was some, if I go back to, to that first season we had, there were some strong teams in the division then. Um, and they they were teams that were, there was there were a couple of winning machines in there. Hayes and Enfield, it was at the time, who were winning machines. Hayes went up because he only had one team. They weren't playoffs that year. Just one went up. Um, and I remember Hayes were a proper winning machine that season. Um, and it doesn't feel like, apart from us, obviously, there are anyone else who's... Everyone's capable of, of dropping points, as we've seen um, when we've been... Um, even when we've slipped up, uh, There's they're, they're, everyone else seems to do the same as well. So, yeah the league is probably quite different to what the league was back then because a lot more part-time teams then obviously and we were a part-time team back then too so but yeah I definitely count myself as surprised just just to put some numbers on it 84 points would have won the title last year no what 50 53 53 53 31 10 more wins <laughs> 10 wins in a draw it's it's that the, the thing that I keep coming back to is Right from day dot, they talked about, Mark Cooper talked about two points per game. And we are the only team above that line. The only team close to that line at the minute. Um, and that that wiggle room is is massive for me. Um, am I surprised? I'm surprised at how far ahead we are and how long we've been as far ahead as we have been. But I don't think I'm surprised that we had the ability to. Um, it does feel like a different football club, top to bottom. And for me, we had the right core ingredients to make something happen. Um, so I don't want to say I'm, I'm massively surprised. I'm surprised that we're 10 clear and have been for a while, maybe. I'd have thought I, I would have been quite happy with us being topped by a point at this stage. Yeah, I think my expectations were that, you know, I think we're a team that we should expect to be top of this league and winning this league yeah. and um yeah so my expectations were that we would do that but like you said ben to be so far ahead is considering where we've come from as well yeah you know six months before and just how bad things were because although we had like a core of players you know there was a lot of surgery needed doing and we've recruited well and we've brought in um really really good players and built a squad that is clearly very close which was the whole problem with the squad last season with the right personnel and the right Darren Sahl-esque characters that make a winning dressing room and yeah I think surprised how far ahead we are um, and I think if you told me six months ago that we even six months ago, if you told me that we would have that experience on Boxing Day of that packed crowd and all of that going on, like I would, I wouldn't have believed 
that we'd have we'd have been there six months ago. But and, yeah. and it's and it's 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 everything. We we would not have had a pink day last year. End of. We wouldn't have done it. It wouldn't have happened. And if we had have tried it, it wouldn't have had the same success. If we'd have done half the things we'd have tried to have done this season, it wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have, even though we were in a higher league last year, we wouldn't have got Michael Smith. We wouldn't have got Joe Day. It's it's that it's those things that clearly the football club is in a better place. And that I will enjoy until the cows come home. Well, what a happy way to end I know. the last podcast of 2023. Yeah, and we'll be back when? So we're not third. No, what day? What day is it? Can I do that thing? What day is it? Thursday, isn't it? <laughs> so we're not doing Sunday because Sunday is New Year's Eve. No, New Year's so Eve. Doing... We'll be back on the 5th. We'll be back. Although we'll, we'll, there'll, there'll be something on the 3rd. Something on the Dave, third, you spoke yeah. to an uncle, haven't you? Have you spoken to an uncle? Yeah, I spoke to I spoke to my. I couldn't find any players, so um, I just spoke to my uncle because he was around at Christmas. So yeah, yeah, nice. The, happy uh, New Year, everyone! Happy New Year! Have a uh, thanks for all your support in twenty twenty four, twenty twenty three, and preemptively in twenty twenty four. I was going to mention that we've been nominated for another thing. Oh yeah, go on, get that. You've seen the Look Sports Media Awards. Non-league, something or another of the year. I don't know. All these awards all get mixed up. Um, I've posted the link. Town have been nominated. Nominated. They as well, have they? club of the year, and we are content editor thing. Content creator. Of the oh, year. content creator. Content creator. Yeah. Do yeah. create. We didn't, get, we didn't make the podcast one, but we made the content creator uh, one. So yeah, we'll take it. We'll, we'll, we'll take anything for an award. Not. Don't mind. So yeah. Good. If you can go, uh, voting closes on the first of, on New Year's Eve, I think. Yeah. So if anybody oh. listened past Ben's box midfield description, that's it. <laughs> if you're still listening, go and vote, please. Thank you, both of you. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Dave, Happy enjoy. New Year. Enjoy Taunton Town away if it's I on. Will. Yes, if it's on, I will be out there giving it a good forking. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from T.